This is Dr. Chad Edwards, and you're listening to podcast number 77 of Against the Grain. Welcome to Against the Grain Podcast with Dr. Chad Edwards, where he challenges the status quo when it comes to medicine. We get into hot topics in the medical field with real stories from real patients to help you on your way to a healthy lifestyle. Get ready, because we're about to go go against the grain. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Chad Edwards. Thanks so much for listening to us today. I'm very excited to be here with my good friend, Sue. She is, if you haven't listened to our previous podcasts, she is like the know everything about skin person when I don't know what I need to do for skin stuff, which is uh, more common than I would like to admit. Uh, Sue is who I call, and she has been a walking encyclopedia. So, Sue, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Chad. So, we are, the other day, you know, we're getting ready to start a, um, a medical spa. We're working toward, you know, doing more aesthetics and things like that. We're obviously already doing Botox. We've been using the Is Clinical line for skincare things, for or skincare uh, benefit for quite some time. I'm a big fan. Um, but I was looking at some lasers the other day and one of the things that, that we had talked about before and, you know, one of the conferences that we had been to, uh, Dr. DeHavens had mentioned that, and I think you had mentioned it, we've talked about it before, that one of the most significant things that we will notice as far as from an aging perspective is hyperpigmentation. So, uh, the other day I was looking at one of these lasers and they were showing me before and afters for a whole bunch of things. And, uh, they, they showed a before and after for the hand and they had used this laser therapy on the hand and they had shown where the, the hyperpigmentation was essentially gone. And I was, you know, obviously that was, that was pretty cool, but the age appearance difference made such a huge difference. And I was like, I remember Sue telling me about that. And it was exactly right. The, the, the appearance of aging with this, in this case, with that hyperpigmentation was huge. So I thought it was a good idea. And certainly when we were talking to Jenna earlier today, she was like, oh, you need to talk about hyperpigmentation. So today we're going to talk about some hyperpigmentation uh, because, you know, obviously at Revolution, we want anti-aging and we want to look, feel, and perform our best, uh, certainly taking care of the package that we're given. You know, our skin is an important component with that. And uh, so what what do we do or what have we done um, for for hyperpigmentation in the past? Well, so originally, and this will shock most of all of you, originally the lightening product of choice for hyperpigmentation was mercury. That, of course, went out of fashion really a long time ago when they figured out <laughs> how toxic mercury was to your skin. Uh, I, that, when you told me that, I didn't know that. And you told me that, and I, uh, <laughs> I had to catch my breath. That stuff's just awful. So I'm, I'm assuming that was at least, you know, that was several years ago. Many, many years ago. Okay. okay. So, <laughs> so as a replacement to that, um, they came out with a product called hydroquinone. And hydroquinone has actually been used in the marketplace here in the United States for many, many, many years, probably more than 30 or 40 years as the treatment of choice for hyperpigmentation. So we use this hydroquinone and I believe it's by prescription. It is. And uh, so we put this stuff on our skin and it helps lighten these hyperpigmentation things. It does. Okay. Now, how does it do that? 
Well, basically, there's two components to most of what goes on with hyperpigmentation. There's the hydroquinone product and then a Retin-A. So the hydroquinone product is meant to impede the melanin production in the melanocytes. In reality, what happens in the melanocytes is the hydroquinone kills the melanocytes, and that's how it impedes the production of melanin in the melanocytes, is you just kill them. And okay. then, then the Retin-A was to slough off what's on the surface of your skin. Gotcha. So <clears throat> we're using this hydroquinone uh, that ultimately kills the melanocytes, and it, it helps with that pigmentation. Now, if I remember correctly, or at least as we had discussed, that originally we were supposed to do this for, uh, you know, about three months. That was the original plan? So in the original studies on hydroquinone, the ones that were done to get it as a product, the original study was putting a topical hydroquinone on the skin, rinsing it off, and then only using it for a three-month time period. The original study was never using it again in your life. It was three months, and then, then you were done for good. Okay, and so that's what got it FDA approved. So uh, the FDA grandfathered it in. They really actually never did their own studies on it. This was a study that was done previous to the FDA's control over things like that, and they just grandfathered it in because it worked. And, and it had been used, and been used you know, for a all long those time. kinds of things. Um, <clears throat> okay, so, uh, so to be clear, it's never been fully evaluated as the FDA would evaluate things coming out today. No, never uh, has. Okay, so uh, that, that raises some questions for me. And then there's uh, certainly some possibilities that there's, you know, something more nefarious going on under the surface with hydroquinone, um, that it, it may not be as healthy as we think. Well, the, the thing that most people don't understand is that hydroquinone has actually been banned in all of the other developed countries in the world. So you can't buy it at all, not by prescription, but at all in all of the European Union. You can't buy it in all of the Asian countries. You can't buy it in Australia. You can't buy it in South Africa. In the Americas, it has not been banned, but other than the Americas, the rest of the developed world has put a total ban on it. Wow. So as as we talk about on, on this podcast, the the number of toxic chemicals, the number of the amount of junk that we are exposed to, I believe is a huge contributor to how we are and how our health uh, is, is impacted. And you look at, as we've talked before, you look at, you know, the Parisians walking around Paris and uh, they're eating what we would consider junk, pastry shops on every corner, and uh, they're walking around with their, their French bread and it's just part of their life, but they don't have the, at least in appearance, they don't have the same appearance as when you walk down the street in America. They look very different. I have not worked in France, so I can't say that from a health perspective, um, you know, I, I see a difference, but they cer there certainly is an appearance difference. And then we also know from studies like the French paradox that um, we would argue that their nutrition is worse than ours. They eat more saturated fat and sugar and all this junk, and yet they don't have the same level of heart disease. And I believe that this is a big major contributor because of things like this. We've talked about the hair products that, um, you know, that my friend DJ is, has uh, formulated and trying to detoxify. Uh, and so this stuff is yet one of the other many chemicals to which we're exposed, and in this case intentionally, that is, is detrimental. And I understand it can, uh, even at, at normal use, we see toxicity with liver and kidney stuff. 
Well, that's what the studies show. So the, that's, not, that's not like the vaccine movement saying, hey, it might cause this. We've got studies showing that it causes this. You can find them easily in the medical literature. <laughs> that's in fact, if anyone ever wanted to see a paper with a really great bibliography on it about hydroquinone, you could go to isclinical, isclinical.com, and search under the clinical papers, and there's a really well-researched paper on hydroquinone with a complete bibliography of where the information came from. Yeah, and that website, under the, the uh, clinical resources, is that, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, science, it's under clinical science. Clinical science. Um, uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of information there, and I would encourage anyone to go look at that because the, uh, the data is there. We just, we just got to know it. So, the, um, so this stuff, we, we probably shouldn't be using this, but since we're only using it for three months, is it that big of a deal? Well, if people were only using it for three months, it wouldn't be probably that big of a deal. The problem is, is that here in the United States, nobody uses it for just three months. I know people that have been using it continuously for nine years. Nine years is a lot of time to have a relatively toxic chemical <laughs> being applied to your skin every day. Ah, that's unbelievable. So why, if the studies were only three months and, uh, and there's toxicity with long-term use, why in the world would we continue to use it? We continue to use it for two reasons. One, most people don't know, have never seen the studies on it. And the second reason is, is because there is so much inflammation left over in the cells when you, by the use of hydroquinone, when you go off of it, you end up with what they call post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation. What that means is the inflammation is causing new hyperpigmentation. So you go off of it, you end up pigmented again in a way that you weren't really expecting that you thought you'd gotten rid of. So you go on a medication to stop the hyperpigmentation and you stop it and you get more pigmentation. That's correct. <laughs> so that's like, that's like taking Afrin, you know, the nose spray, so that you don't get congested and then you get hooked on it and you're on it for three months and then you can't get off of it. That's because true. That's, that's, uh, that's amazing. So. We shouldn't, basically, we should not be using hydroquinone at all. It's toxic, and obviously in, in our clinic, we want to get off as many toxins as possible. Um, so this stuff, in my opinion, is, is bad news. Shouldn't be using it, shouldn't be, exposing to, uh, shouldn't be exposed to it. It should probably, uh, it, you know, from my relatively libertarian political perspective, we, I'm not in favor of governmental intrusion in any way, but if we banned anything, I'd almost say legalize marijuana and ban hydroquinone. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we here in the United States don't really think about banning the toxins that we're putting into our environment because we see them as making our lives easier. Uh, unfortunately, long term, they don't make our lives easier. And they kill our liver and kidneys. Um, okay, so we're going to take a break for a minute. And when we come back, we're going to talk about if we don't use hydroquinone, and that's what we used, what should we do? So uh, come back to, to us after the break and we'll cover all that stuff. Are you tired and fatigued? Are you frustrated with doctors because they just don't seem to listen? Do you want to fix your pain without surgery? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then we are the clinic for you. We offer prolotherapy, PRP or platelet-rich plasma therapy, and stem cell injections, IV nutritional therapies, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, and functional medicine to get you back on track to optimal health. Call our clinic at 918-935-3636 or visit our website at www.revolutionhealth.org to schedule your appointment today. All right, we are back with the amazing Sue talking about 
hyperpigmentation and how bad hydroquinone is for our skin because it can cause more hyperpigmentation and how bad it is for us because it can cause liver and kidney toxicity. At least that's what the studies have shown. And But we've got a lot of patients that want an anti-aging approach. They want younger looking skin. They want to be healthy from the inside out. And certainly they want to look uh, younger. So what do we do? Well, so in the IS clinical line, we want to do healthy things for the skin. We've talked about this in the past, but we have as a um, product to help with the people with hyperpigmentation, it's actually a system. There's two products in it called White Lightning. And White Lightning addresses all of the pigmentary process from start to finish. So you you are addressing enough of the pigmentary process that you can control your hyperpigmentation with something that's still healthy for your skin. Love it. So we're looking at addressing the underlying problem instead of the manifestation of the problem. This almost sounds like what we do from a health perspective across the board. Well, it is. I mean, what you want to do is, I, I say this all the time, if you make your skin healthier, it looks better. So you're just addressing the healthy part of, or the unhealthy part of pigment. What you all may not understand is that once you get pigment in your skin, so you got a bad sunburn when you're 12 years old, and now you have pigment that you may not necessarily be able to see unless you went and got an ultraviolet photograph done of your face, but you've got pigment sitting there just waiting to come up because you spent more time in the sun. So once you've got pigment, what you do as a process is you impede its appearance on your skin pretty much for the rest of your life because it never goes away. It doesn't have to be an unhealthy process and it doesn't have to be hard. This is two products, one product in the morning that's a pump, one product at night that's four drops, a sunscreen, and you're done. It's pretty much a simple process. I will say without the sunscreen though, all bets are off. <laughs> we've talked about sunscreen many times. And if, you know, for our listeners, if you want to hear more about sunscreens, we've got a podcast uh, featuring Sue uh, where we've talked about, you know, the damage that skin can do to our skin, that sun can do to our skin and, and how that whole thing works and how good, healthy uh, skincare can come about and how we can protect ourselves from this, the, uh, from the sun without being exposed to these toxic chemicals that get absorbed and cause all kinds of problems. Cause we don't want any of that. No more toxins. Just say no to toxins. Um, so white lining is addressing the underlying problem and certainly using the SPF, we're uh, bringing it full circle and trying to prevent more uh, sun damage and hyperpigmentation and all of these kinds of things. So who, who is it good for? Uh, certainly we do, we do a lot of hormone replacement in the clinic and some women have concern about these uh, hyperpigmentation things and you know the melasma and the mask of pregnancy is you know as as uh, kind of the board word uh, buzz phrase so who can use it who can't use it how do we use it everyone can use it that's the good thing about it is if your complaint is that you have pigment on your skin that you don't like the appearance of everyone can use it is not contraindicated for anyone and that includes people that are pregnant you can use it during pregnancy. Wow. So that it's going to take care of the mask of pregnancy when it starts to come up. You can use it if you're a darker ethnic skin type, which is unusual. Most um, darker ethnic types cannot use very many products that would help with their pigment, and they pigment badly from lots of things. So, it pretty much, if you've got pigment, this is a great product for you. That's awesome. So uh, you talked about the uh, one pump in the morning, four drops in the uh, at, at nighttime. 
Uh, how? So then that's all we need to do in addition to the SPF. Um, that's all we need to do, at least for the pigment perspective. Obviously, there's a lot of things that I would recommend just from health of skin in general. Um, but how quickly will we see results? What, what should people expect? So it's kind of one of those things where you really can't tell um, how long it's going to take. Some people can see a difference in their pigment, um, an incredible difference in their pigment in as little as two weeks. Some people, especially people that have been on a lightening product, are going to see their results in about three months. We, we use three months as the test. You should see some improvement to your pigment in three months. But I will say that people have been on hydroquinone for some period of time. It's an, you have to go about going off of the hydroquinone very similar to how you would go off of, say, prednisone. So it's a slow transition off. And during that transition off, you also need to be putting a huge anti-inflammatory like ProHeal on the skin to cut down on the post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation as you wean yourself off of the hydroquinone. Then once you're off and you've got your inflammation under control, which you can of course all do at the same time, then the white lightning is a good option for everybody. So basically if you're on hydroquinone, we wanna start tapering off. That's just applying less and less. Less uh, and less. Over a couple of few weeks. Yep. And we're gonna add the ProHeal at the same time. At the same time. And uh, so lots of good anti-inflammatory, topical anti-inflammatory things, good vitamin C, I think A in, in ProHeal? No, vitamin C and olive leaf so okay. and zinc. So okay. it's got lots of anti-inflammatories okay. in it. And so we're applying that, trying to prevent or l lower that inflammation as we're coming off the hydroquinone. Yep. And then once we're off of that, then we transition on to the white lightning every day and uh, we're looking at three, give it a three month window. Give it window. a three month window to really see how you, you're gonna do. Now again, people that have been on something for years are probably not gonna go, oh, this little bit of residual hyperpigmentation that I've got is gonna go away. Because if you've been on hydroquinone for nine years and you've still got a little residual hyperpigmentation, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it's not going away. But I can keep it at the same level. And that's, you've gotten it to an acceptable level, which is why you stayed on that product for so long. Right. So I can keep it at that acceptable level. Got it. All right. Uh, any other words of wisdom for anyone with, with hyperpigmentation and wants to optimize the health and appearance of their skin? Stay out of the sun. <laughs> We've talked about that many times too. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Sue, thank you for being here. Um, appreciate you guys for listening. And Sue, as always, I certainly appreciate your uh, wisdom when it comes to skincare. You, you guys have a great day and have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast with Dr. Chad Edwards. Tune in next week where we'll be going against the grain.